I don't buy the idea that, you know, the society the way it is right now, it has to be this way. Welcome to Rewrite the Rules with your host, Alex Starr. So many of us choose our path out of fear disguised as practicality. It's time to live life on your own terms. What do you really want? Hello, everybody, and welcome back. It is good to be in front of this fuzzy black microphone uh, once again here and uh, coming here after the ice apocalypse that we had uh, last week or two in Austin, which was crazy. And um, I have a guest on the show today named Grant that I'm going to get into a little intro here in a sec. Um, But first of all, I haven't been on here since uh, I released the book and um, I wanted to let you guys know that it's out there and it has gotten, I think I'm at 75 reviews, gotten a lot of great feedback, super grateful for the people who, I just was honestly overwhelmed by the amount of people who shared it on social media and reached out to me about it and uh, just just really overwhelmed with gratitude for lack of a better phrase um, in the responses to it. So just very humbled by that. And I wanted to offer you dear listeners something for tuning in over the past, you know, four to five years, or maybe this is your first podcast that you're listening to of mine. Um, and I set something up on my website. If you go to alexstar.com slash book, um, I am giving away some signed copies. I also am going to have some there um, for a pretty heavily discounted rate with free shipping and handling, um, basically just giving them to you at cost um, and signed. So if you're interested in that, go to alexstar.com slash book. And uh, the book itself, you know, is written for is the book that I wish I had when I was 20 years old, 24 years old, 25, 26, somewhere in there. And it's written for uh, you, the person that's listening to this, that is probably not satisfied with the status quo. You want to live a life on your own terms, one that is not dictated by uh, other people, by other people's expectations. And you don't want to just kind of waste your life away uh, swiping and scrolling and then end up at the end wishing that, you know, you had done more. So that's who this book was written for. Um, I compiled the 100 episodes um, that I've done of this podcast. I took, literally went through journals and journals and journals um, of my own experiences as a firefighter and just kind of put together the framework of, you know, what gave um, all those people I've spoken to, all those kind of mavericks, what was the common thread? What were the common mindsets and techniques and strategies um, so they were able to really kind of create that lifestyle they wanted? And uh, I put it in a book. So I really hope you enjoy it. Um, if you checked it out already, tag me on Instagram, Alex H. Star, And uh, I'm replying to every single one of those and really love seeing them. So um, you can check it out. It's on Amazon. Um, and then, yeah, if you want the signed copy, go to alexstar.com slash book. Okay, now that the business is over, um, my guest today is none other than Grant Mosher, who runs a company, community, whatever you want to call it. Um, It's a powerful thing, uh, and it is called Guy Talk. And on Instagram, it's Guy Talk Co. and uh, guytalk.co online. And basically, it is a place for to get a bunch of men together in groups and workshops and seminars and live events to um, kind of be men and also be open and more vulnerable about um, feelings and all that kind of stuff that we have sometimes a hard time doing. And my fiance reminds me of that constantly. Um, so it really is truly a a powerful thing that he has created because he has created a community and we get into kind of the, that side of masculinity 
and how to kind of come to terms with not not turning into having to be women because we're not we're men but also you know allowing ourselves to feel and um, express ourselves in ways that are still conducive uh, to being a man in today's world so super interesting um guy and and amazing story he he really goes deep into his own personal story of uh depression and, and suicide and things like that so um really grateful for him for coming on and expressing all of that um you can find him uh online and you know grant mosher and, and guy talk and everything so okay uh i'm gonna shut the hell up here now and uh, enjoy this episode with grant Doing well, man. Just uh, ready for the warmer weather to come back. Yeah, you're in your your Patagonia. Patagonia. Your Patagonia. Uh, I got a Patagonia. Um, a buddy of mine works for Patagonia, and I got like some of their shorts and stuff Oof. for like a, a steep discount. And uh, wearing it, I just I felt like a yuppie. I just turned oh, yeah. it on, and I was like, oh, yeah. I'm now 45. Right. Exactly. With Tevas, <laughs> big into the outdoors. I, uh, at least yeah. Pretend to be. <laughs> I for sure have like three walking sticks that right, are unnecessary, right, right. and a Camelback that holds four <laughs> gallons for like my 20 minute walk around exactly. the block. Exactly. Well, yeah. I would, this is a very expensive vest, and I didn't pay for. it. I got it for free. Oh, but, good. Uh, that's the yeah. only way. No, it looks good. That's the only. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Looks kind of rusty. It looks like you look. You could work on it. You could be an investment banker. You could work on a right. ranch. Right. Uh, that's kind of what I'm going for. Yeah. You know? Financial advisor by day and ranch hand by night. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of depends on on the way you never know when you first meet people as well, like what you're going to get. You know, you oh, can yeah. have someone they and they, they walk up and then they start talking and you're like, oh, that is not what I yeah. expected at all. Oh, yeah. Well, it's funny because actually on the drive down here, I was listening to I've been listening to a bunch of your podcasts lately. And I was listening to one with I want to say the guy's name was Chris. He was talking about how he has Asperger's and how uh, Cody. This, yeah, Cody. OK, Cody. Yeah. He was talking about how uh, that initial interaction with people is usually pretty awkward for him. He's like, and then you guys are talking like bantering about. Do you do the bro hug? Do you do the handshake? Right. Do you, you know, like, like, what are you supposed to do? Right. And I loved that when you opened the door, we both went right for the 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 slap followed the, by the, the, the bro s- hug. And I was like, slap, that's, that's yeah. my go-to, man. Yeah, I feel like that's a that's a that's a standard. I feel yeah, like I agree. But, but it also, it, once again, it goes back to like, where are you? Yep. And then who is the person that you're meeting? Right. 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 Like, I know that you're an outgoing social guy, yep. so I know that you're probably going to lean more to the hug side of things yep. as a guy meeting a guy. Versus the handshake, right? Right. Yeah. We're also in Austin. Yep. Which kind of flavors the situation, sure does, yeah. as opposed to yeah. meeting in New York or something yeah. like that. Back home in Ohio, for me, it was just yeah, it was what's handshakes. That? It was fist bumps and handshakes. Fist bumps and the handshakes. Hug, the hug thing was not a cool thing to do back there. Back is it still like that right now? Dude, I haven't been back socially in many years, but I would imagine so. Yeah. Really? Why do yeah. you think that is? I don't know. I, honestly, like moving to Austin kind of opened my eyes to realize that like there's there's just like very like open, vulnerable, you know, casual people here. Whereas I feel like a lot of the places I've been visited, like guys are still projecting, you know, uh-huh, Austin uh-huh. is our little safe haven here where we can all just kind of be ourselves. And I, I couldn't love it more, man. Do you have, do you see the same thing with other cities or is it just Austin? Um, as far as like, like this type of behavior in other cities? Yeah. Have yeah, I seen yeah. anywhere else? Yeah, yeah. Um, not really, honestly. I, I mean, I, before moving to Austin in 2018, I, I spent like two weeks out in LA trying to see if I wanted to move there. I spent two weeks in the Carolinas. That would have been a mistake. Yes. Los that Angeles would have been a mistake. That was about to be my, my thing because at that point I was still in my like peacock phase where I was trying to uh, trying to project as well. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. so like there are all sorts of guys out there who who were in line with what I was trying to do. And, Interesting. Like, trying to look cool and look rich. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but dude, it was so cold and icy out there, man. I couldn't meet anybody that, yeah. like, genuinely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I visited Austin, right on on the kind of kind of tail end of that LA trip, I came to Austin, and I was like, whoa, this is like this is the real deal here. Yeah, yeah. So no, I haven't found the Austin vibe anywhere else. Interesting. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely. I mean, Austin for sure has its own uh much more laid back vibes mm-hmm. to it you know and then it starts to like attract those types of people which then makes the vibes even stronger which yep. then attracts more of those types yep. of people um what's interesting to me is like is 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 when you go i don't know if you can hear my dog she's going crazy <laughs> at the door right now um is like when when you go to places like ohio and it's it it's so crazy man because there's like this there's a divide between certain cities and other cities and then like rural and urban centers. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if the urban centers are 15 years ahead or in some ways 15 years behind. I think most people say they're 15 years ahead, Yeah, but it's interesting to hear like, yeah, like you break it down to even just like, okay, we have two guys interacting and meeting each other. Sociologically, what are they doing? Right. And what does that represent? Right. Right. And I was, it's funny because, because I just listened to the podcast with Cody on the way down here. I was, it was in the back of my head. I was kind of laughing. I was like, I wonder what our first, you know, our, first I mean, we've met before, but like, what's, you know, after reconnecting after a while. Yeah. But then when you open the door and you're like, what's up, dude? I was like, oh yeah, we're going for the, <laughs> the dat followed by the hug. I was like, that's a, a no brainer. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There's so, yeah, there's so many, uh, signifiers of yeah, like, what, the like, nuances of, of men interacting with each other, especially right. if they don't know each other or if they're just reconnecting. And that's something I do like in, in kind of my side hustle with guy talk is like always kind of studying, like. How can we make these interactions between men more natural, more open, you know, Mm. because it's just it's historically been a hard thing for all of us to make adult guy friends and feel comfortable. Yeah. How was it for what was it like growing up in Ohio then? Uh, You know, growing up, I was I was a lot smaller. I was like a very like uh, like physically smaller, shorter, skinny kid. Um, I was I would say I was in the kind of the cool crowd growing up, but I was always the one. Well, you have right Patagonia, so that makes sense. Well, I didn't have these back then. Oh, okay. oh <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's the new thing. Oh. Um, but uh, I was like in the cool crowd, but I was right on the fringes where I feel like they, they kept me in the cool crowd because I was the one they could bully or they could pick on, you know, because I was smaller, I couldn't really defend myself. And I was also just like a pretty nice guy, you know? And and so I wouldn't like, I wouldn't be confrontational. So I was I was bullied pretty hard, uh, not physically, but like like just mentally and emotionally through through mid-high school. So, so much so to the point where uh, mid high school in, in 2007, we ended up moving to moving from Northeast Ohio, three hours away to Columbus because I was because like, because of the bowling. Yeah, we had, well, it wasn't because of that we had an mm. opportunity. My parents sold their business. They were spending a lot of time down in Columbus near my mom's family because my, my grandma was sick. And uh, at that point, my sister was graduated. I was the last one in high school. And my parents were like, hey, if you want to, we could move down there full time. And I jumped on it and, you know, life, life changed pretty quickly after that. But yeah, I, I know firsthand how it feels to be bullied. And then when I moved to the new school, I hit a growth spurt, got bigger, played football. I became the bully again, not physically, just mentally and emotionally. I tried to take out my insecurities on other people, mm. um, and try to play that other end of the spectrum where I'll show them, you know, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm yeah. the, I'm the cool guy now. And that lasted through most of college. And then it wasn't until like my late twenties, honestly, that I kind of mellowed out somewhere in the middle where I really belong. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Oh, yeah. I was a dick for a while. No shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't imagine that. <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. such a positive. Do you feel like you the pendulums have swung now the other way, like so far in the positive? You know. Because you seem pretty fucking friendly now going and you run a community of literally yeah. bringing people together yeah, yeah, in like yeah. this very open, friendly way. Well, I think it's it's because I've seen both and I've been on both ends of the spectrum, both, you know, experiencing it, but also being the, the deliverer of 
the nice friendly guy who's getting picked on to being the the you know arrogant cocky guy who would try to belittle other people yeah. now i have so much empathy for the insecurities that that exist on either end and they're not too dissimilar they're really mm. kind of the same insecurities they're just projected in different ways mm. um and so now when i see myself kind of in the middle and i see both types of guys all around me every day and i realize man at the end of the day we all just have these insecurities we're mm. all the way we act is really just a reflection of how we feel about mm. ourselves and so I have a lot of more like empathy and just kind of patience for either kind of behavior because I know where they're coming from. How'd you build that? Just life experience, man. Just like like going through it and, uh, in college, like I said, I, I was trying to be the whole like ladies man, cocky guy, always knew where the party was. Yeah. It was a total projection. Like I said, that, that was my peacock phase where I was like just trying to trying to pretend that you know I was the guy, I was the man, you know? And it worked, honestly. I got so good at that performance uh, I kind of, you know, I would I would do something one night and I'm like, oh, that worked out. Either the girl liked me because of that or the guys thought that was cool. So I would keep doing more of that. And then, oh, this thing, this behavior over here didn't didn't get me the rewards I wanted. So I would yeah. cut those out. You know, you just you kind of learn the behaviors that will work. And uh, yeah. I got so good at that, unfortunately, that it became like my persona. and I kind of lost sight of who I really was to that. Yeah, dude, I couldn't agree more, man. The same thing happened to me in college where looking back now, I would say that I have never been more depressed and, and um, rudderless than in college. Yeah. 100%. Isn't that funny? What yeah. makes you say that? Kind of around the same things that you're talking about where it, the, my whole world was girls mm-hmm. and drinking and partying and school was an afterthought. I was mainly there because that's what you did after high school. Yep. And I didn't really yep. even know what I wanted to study. I didn't, I, I've never been, I've really, I've always loved learning. I've never been a big fan of school. Which I think I, a lot of That's people neat. are kind yeah, of in that boat. Yeah, I, I relate to that. Um, so yeah, it's like the the world becomes like this community. You have maybe 20, 30 people in your friend group, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, who's hooking up with who? I hooked up with this chick. You know, it's like, it just becomes this weird ego spiral. Yep. And then you're dumping a neurotoxic depressant on top of that when yep. you're 19 years old. <laughs> is a recipe Sounds for disaster. Healthy, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah like, right. Seems like a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just an absolute recipe for disaster. Right, and right. I mean, I would have moments where I would like cry in college, you know, like just, just out of depression and loneliness. Same. And then you're also trying to figure out what you're going to do with your life. And yeah, still trying to figure that out. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that never stops. Yeah. That never stops. But it's, uh, it's just, a, yeah, it's a, it's a bad time. And then like those, like you're talking about those innate insecurities. Like if you don't, mm-hmm if you don't deal with them or if you don't take the time to stop and evaluate them, then they do create the direction of your life without you even realizing yeah. that they're steering you that way. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I will distinctly remember, uh, I was, you know, it had become a pattern and, you know, it went from being like a performance that I was aware of, like, okay, I know this isn't really me, but I'll keep doing this. Cause you know, it's, it's getting me attention. I feel popular. I feel cool. And it's kind of, other thing to do is kind of fun. It's so fun. You're getting, yeah. it's like, there's chicks, there's exactly. drinking, there's parties. Exactly. It's like, you're meeting all these new people. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. It's, and it's, it's, it's all a, the things that I had, I had, I guess, dreamed of or wished of back when I was the small guy getting bullied. Dude, right? for sure. Yeah. And so part of me for was sure. like, oh, this is cool and new and exciting. But uh, honestly, 75% of the whole equation was me just trying to prove to those guys that picked on me back in early high school and middle school that, you know, look at me now, you know, like I'm way cooler than you. I've got way more girls than you. 
And yeah. dude, that is such a toxic path to go down, like trying to live your life, proving it to somebody else that you're, you know, you're still spiteful or still hold that grudge. That don't even uh, know that you're doing dude, it. They no they, they're not even there. No idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so it wasn't until like late college when I came back to my parents' place and uh, my sister was there too. But I remember, I don't remember how it came up, but I remember it was almost like a little mini intervention my parents had with me about like, I remember my dad specifically saying like, Grant, this is not you. And oh, really? The, the, the full conversation, I don't remember. Um, I kind of like blacked out, but I do remember sitting in my parents' bedroom just crying. And they were kind of like, you know, kind of crying with me. Like, like they realized that I'd gotten so far off course from who I really was from mid high school to, you know, end of college. So a six year period or so where I had just created this whole different persona. Um, and, and that was kind of the beginning of me becoming more self-aware. It took a long time for me to actually start making changes, but that was when I became a little more, more self-aware and mm. uh, paid more attention to how I needed to get back to my, my true North really. Hmm. Dude, dude, you're like, so that was, uh, that was the turning point basically. Yeah, it was, it was one, it was the, it was the turning point, And then that led me to like, within a matter of weeks, I signed up for a study abroad program in Australia as a way to get away and kind of find myself all over again, spent four months in Australia and that. That I think was the turning point where I just like away from the pressures and, and the habits and everything. Mm. I realized like, wow, like I've been living this whole different life. Mm. Uh, so I kind of came back and, and started to sort of rebuild my life after that. And I've gone through many iterations of that sure. type of experience since sure. then. Um, but yeah, I think it's important to have people in your life that'll call you out. On, oh my on, God. On that kind of stuff. You have those now, you think? Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 What, Luckily, was the, what was the last thing you got called out on? Oh man. Um, I, I would say it probably comes down to relationships now. Like I feel like, I feel like I'm to a good, good place, like with myself, you know, over the past year or two going to therapy and just a lot of the things that have happened in my life that we could get into at some point. But when it comes to relationships, like my last relationship with my ex-girlfriend w- was almost a year long. And that was the most, that was the biggest like growth period of like her and, and me calling myself out on like all these little insecurities that I had, you know, leaned on in the past, all these little crutches I would lean on in the past with the relationships. And I would run from them. That was always my thing is I would run from relationships whenever they'd get difficult or uncomfortable. Um, and she helped me expose that we became like best friends, best friends through the process. And she helped me expose all these little things that I would do to keep myself safe, you know, keep my ego safe. Um, and, and so those call outs in, in uh, 2019, early 2020, totally shaped me and, and prepared me, I think, for like, you know, when I attract that person to my life that I feel is going to be my long-term life partner, I feel so much more aware now. And I'm so appreciative of that. Yeah. Can, do you have an example of one of those, if you don't mind sharing? Oh, dude. Yeah, no problem. I think the, the biggest one was, like I, like I said, my tendency is to to run. I'm, I'm talking like literally, like, like we'd get into an argument and I would say, I would say, I, I, I'm just, I got to go. I'm leaving. I would literally go to the front door and I would open the door and leave. And that became like such a pattern where it was almost laughable after the fact, I'd be like, after I'd calmed down, I would like, I would be so almost embarrassed. I'm like, really, Grant? Like, you did it again? Like, you're so afraid of like having the tough conversations that you just physically have to create space like that and leave and make this big dramatic exit and everything, slam the door, all this stuff. And uh, that one, she called me out on that a bunch. She's like, she's like, you physically leave every time things get tough. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. And I started looking in jobs. I would physically leave. I would quit anytime things would get tough. And in other things in life, when they get difficult my go-to reaction was to physically leave like kind of the fight or flight flight. I would, I would take flight. And, uh, so I've become much more in tune to that. And I've forced myself to just kind of dig in a little, you know, have a little more grit mm-hmm. and, uh, and just be like, you know what, I'm going to weather the storm right here. You know, grass yeah. is greener where you water it kind of thing. Yeah. And, and I've really tried to stay in tune to that. Whenever I want to leave, 
I say, all right, do I really want to leave or is this just my inner critic telling me I need to get the hell out? Right, know? yeah, because it's it's so much easier to leave. Oh, it's yeah, always in a moment, e- yeah. It's always easier to leave. It's always easier to, uh, yeah, the job one is for sure mm-hmm. as well, right? Yep. Like, ah, this isn't going the way I want it. Yeah, Fuck especially it, if you're you're blessed with the entrepreneurial gene. If you believe that yourself, you can go create something better on your own. Yeah. Which is a gift and a curse, that, that yeah. mindset. Yeah. Yeah, it's so easy to just be like, ah, I'll just go do this on my own. Yeah, else. yeah, <laughs> screw it then, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And as soon as, like, yeah, the relationship gets tough, it's like, hmm, all right, fine. Mm-hmm. And, and then especially when you're younger and you kind of, if that gets that gets baked <laughs> into you, it sounds like you had a similar situation when <coughs> careful do that coffee. <laughs> My God. Down the wrong pipe. You need some butter in the coffee. Damn. It like uh it just it, it does it becomes your new habit. Yeah. It becomes your oh, new yeah. habit. It is, is like oh, yeah. oh, what's that? You want to have the conversation around what we are? What's that? I gotta go. Yep, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And nowadays too, you can just ghost people you can yeah. just stop talking mm. it's like everything's so easy it's to so easy to move on to just move on yeah and this city especially makes it so easy because it's such a transient city people are yeah. coming and going yeah it's almost like the fact there's so many options here you know career-wise uh professionally personally relationship-wise like there's just always so many options coming through the city mm-hmm. um it's it's easy to get swept up in that mm-hmm. and i've this year i've done a lot of work on like yeah, the, the shiny objects aren't shiny forever, and you just have to accept that, you know? Oh, man, I know, but they're so shiny. So shiny, man. You know? I just touch them all. And it's all over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's all yeah. over. And not, yeah, it's like the <clears throat> women, of course, you know, and like, and I'm engaged, so obviously, like, you know, it's like we're, we're decently open about that of like, yeah. oh, my, that's a very attractive girl, yeah. you know? But yeah. um, but even besides that, it's like there's always another job. There's always more money somewhere else. There's like, ooh, Austin is cool, but mm-hmm. God, Denver has the mountains. Wouldn't yeah. that be nice? Maybe we should go to the mountains. And so there's just always these things mm-hmm. that are yep. kind of coming together yep. to always be changing and always, instead of like, like you said, watering the grass mm-hmm. or digging deeper where you are. Right. Um, but then it's also kind of the balance of not being scared of change either, right. you know, at right. the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I think it it's all self-awareness, right? Like I think for some people, they love moving every two to five years. That used to be me. I used to, you know, I think I had... I have five jobs in four years out of college, I think. I mean, I was, I couldn't hold down a job because I was so like, I was job hopping. I was chasing the next shiny thing, same with relationships. And I forced myself to be like, you know what? I'm planting roots in Austin. Mm. Um, I, I didn't, I, I think what, what what helped me was developing grit. And 2019 was a really, really hard year for me mentally and physically. Um, but that year, 2019 helped me develop grit. And grit is what now allows me to like feel like I can plant roots and stay put somewhere and weather these tough storms. Got it. Um, so yeah, I can't say enough. Like grit is kind of like has become like my word. You know, grit, grit, yeah, grit, grit, yeah. That's an it sounds a, tough, doesn't it? it? Sounds good. It always does. You know, you're like, yeah. well, what's that? There's an old country true grit. True grit, man. Yeah, yeah. that country yeah. movie. Yep. Yep, I just Sorry. watched that like a few weeks ago. Did you? Oh, yeah. The new one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 New one, With like, does that have Josh Brolin? I think Josh in it, Brolin. That, yeah, that guy Bob is dude. the dude. That guy, I feel like, is the embodiment of of grit. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He, and he's he's ageless, man. He's he the, just he, looks he was so the Goonies, cool. right? He was, yeah. He was I didn't the, know. I just saw the, the Goonies. For the, I yeah. saw the Goonies for the first time two weeks ago. Really? Yes. I know. I know. Wow. I know. I'm not gonna say anything because I'm sure you've heard it a bunch. No, I've heard it a bunch. Yeah. Ashley finally made me fucking watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Movie for after years of yeah trying to get me to watch it. And Brolin, man. He's like, is that Brolin right there? Yeah. Yeah, he is true grit. He and, is true that's, grit. That's something yeah. I'm trying to adopt in my life because, it, you know, I realized growing up I had life pretty easy and I had extremely supportive parents who have always been together. 
Um, so right there, I think having parents that have always been together, loving on me, loving on each other, supporting me, mm-hmm. that automatically puts me in a you know a huge advantage. I think in a lot of ways, and I didn't recognize that until a year ago. Probably I took that for granted. Yeah, you always um, do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I also realized that they were so supportive that if I wanted to, you know, quit uh, an activity or or play a new sport or or change, quit that sport, play a new instrument, whatever I wanted to do, it was always, you know, they were always there to support me with that, which I think is great. But it also, again, I didn't develop any grit because right. right when I didn't like that sport anymore, I was allowed to change. Yeah. So there's a fine line there between like the flexibility and support, but also making your kids stick it out. Yeah. So. I hear a lot of celebrities talk about that, how like it, they grew up in tough times mm-hmm. or they just had maybe difficult situation with their parents or in a bad household or something. They didn't have a lot of money. And then they get all this money and all these resources or in this good relationship. And then they're looking at their kids being like, well, I got to who I was because I, I developed like mm-hmm. grit or resilience and, and my kids aren't going to have that because I used all of those things to create right. a good life and now I'm giving them a good life. But then, so how are they going to create a good life right. without the grit that got me here? It right. becomes this weird conundrum. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've heard quite a few people that have become wealthy or, you know, quote unquote successful mm-hmm. um, talking about that. Yeah. Because it is true. Totally. I, I feel like I've had this conversation with with a really good buddy of mine had a really, really bad, uh, tough relationship with his father growing up to the point where they're, they're now excommunicated and it's, it's rough. But in the, so his big focus in life is now he wants to become like the best father ever when he, ever, you know, if he ends up having kids, he wants to be like the best father ever and whatever that looks like for him. It's almost like that pendulum where you go from one extreme to the other, yeah. you know, but then we'll, I always think like, like, for example, in that case, Will his kid be like, oh my gosh, my dad was just so nice, so supportive that I need to be a little tougher on my kid, you know, and it's just back and forth. So yeah, where's that, I, where's that fine line? Yeah, I think as long as you're like, I always see things in the sense, kind of like what you were talking about earlier, where it's like your insecurities are like this, you know, energetic force within you. It's like this virus that you caught, mm-hmm. right? And then you're now trying to throw that at other people to get rid of it inside of you because you don't know how to process it in you. So you think the best way to handle this is to take it out and fucking throw it at people, all your shit and to see what sticks at people in the hopes that it's going to make you feel better. Right. You know, it never does. It never does. (laughs) Um, it just makes, and you're just spreading this fucking virus to everyone else and your shit. And in the same way, you know, I think that's what happens a lot of times with parents where like, it, it passes on through the generations. Mm-hmm. So I think as long as it's like, I think as long as we all do our best to like, kind of like you, like you're talking about like processing it through yeah. therapy or through yep. these different means. Cause even, even fucking, you know, if you want to use like, I hate bringing up Trump or politics, but like, even if you use someone that is, you know, if you, everyone knows someone in their life that was born to like a wealthy family yep. that seemed to yep. kind of have it all yep. right. They got the good parents and they got, and maybe they did, maybe they didn't. I know people really well that like on the surface, it was great. And underneath it was great too. Like yeah. they really did have a, yeah. from everything I know, I spent a lot of time with them, multiple families. Yep. They seem to really have a genuine good family. They had money. They kind of had everything yeah. you're looking for in yeah. life. And, uh, you know, I think it's just about like taking those experiences and like the fact that that those people that I know, they still have problems. Like I, I, those are still friends of mine and like, yep. they're still a human and they're still going to die one day. Yep. And just having that means that they have problems that they're dealing with. Yeah. And just recognizing that instead of it being like this tick for tack and, mm-hmm. um, 
and, and being able to process whatever comes up because of that. Right. You know, versus trying to take it on the other person and blaming it. That's what I used to do with, with my past relationships is I would, I would see a problem usually in myself, but I would project on another person. Well, oh, you're I, not doing this. You're not I, giving enough affirmations. You know? I do that every day. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I think I did it this morning. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I did it this morning. It's me. so like, like first instinct is like, I'm feeling like crap. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take it out on you because it's your fault. Why? Well, I don't want to, I don't want to take responsibility Exactly. I'm not going to hold it. the mirror up to myself. Yeah, no, 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 when, no. It, that's what I'm really, really, I feel like I've gotten pretty good at just, you know, my first reaction, I kind of like catch it as it's coming out of my mouth, whatever I'm about to say. I'm yeah. Like, Hang on. That's really directed towards myself. Why don't I figure out where that's coming from? But then also like, why don't I just be a little nicer to myself? You know, mm-hmm. my, my therapist helped me really identify like this part of my brain, like the inner critic that just knows all my insecurities and knows exactly when to say which one, you know, and, and, and just trigger me. And so once I see that and I recognize what it is, I'm like, okay, you know, inner critic, you can quiet down. I know what this is. And, and then it's, I'm just so much more at peace because of it. Do you, do you, do you notice that inner voice, uh, calming down at all? Or do you now just realize that you're better adapted to deal with it? Um, I, I think it, it, at first it was, it was always, so it used to be always there and I would listen to it and it would make me feel like crap and I would take it on other people. Right. And then the next phase was kind of that awareness of, you know, working with my therapist, uh, Simon, and just, he just kind of helped me recognize where it was coming from. It's like, okay, this isn't actually real. This is just a, a you know, a piece of your brain. That's like, you know, back in the day, that part of your brain would help keep you safe. You would alert you to right. danger, things like that. Kind of keep your guard up all the time. But nowadays there's just not a whole lot of use for it. Right. But so then I became more aware. I'm like, okay, I know where it's coming from. So I can just be more aware. You know, I would I would act less on it. I would still feel the way I, it made me feel. I would act on it less. And it was just a gradual process where then eventually now I'm to the point where where I've stopped, like even starting to make it, let it make me feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. And so then I think as a result, it's almost like a, like a bully who's just not getting a reaction out of you. At, at some point, they're just gonna be like, well, this isn't working. I'm just gonna give up or quiet down at least, you know? Yeah. And so when yeah. I do feel the kicks, which I still do, still get those little jabs from the inner critic, it, it it doesn't hit me as hard as it used to, you know? There's certainly, you know, we were talking earlier, I'm about to go on my 30th birthday party, a ski or snowboard trip out to Breckenridge. I'm gonna be the newbie in the group. I know I'm going to have that inner critic out there on the slopes when there are, everybody else is telling me like, oh, let's go to the, let's go to the more advanced slopes, oh. you know? The peer pressure, when that peer pressure comes, I know my inner critics and be like, do it, man. Like, do it. Like, show them you're cool and everything. And I'm already, like, mentally preparing. Like, a month out, I'm preparing for just saying, like, no. Like, I'm going to go where I'm comfortable. I'm not going to let them or my inner critic control my safety on the slopes, man. I wish you the best of luck with Thank that, you. Yeah, man. I say this now, but I'll That's, check back I'm, in. I'm, yeah, dude, I'm thinking of, yeah, we talked about it. But, yeah, I'm, I'm already, I'm like, I'm not getting anxiety from you describing that story. But I've just been in, yeah, such similar situations yeah. where you're, like, you're battling one part of your brain as a guy, all you females listening, this is kind of, and maybe you have this too. I don't know. I'm just, from what I hear of guy friends, it seems to be more prevalent. There's one part of your brain that's talking pretty much around the fact of like, you don't want to be seen as a pussy or a bitch. Right. Like just, you know, you don't want to be seen as that way. Yep. Don't be weak. (laughs) You want to be weak. And if you have five friends of yours that are doing something, they're good at it and they're doing it and you're the one person out. It's like almost biologically impossible to be the odd man out and be the weak one that is like, no, I'm scared to do it. So, and then you're also battling the other side. That's like, you know what? Maybe I can fucking handle this. Yeah. Like I don't need to, I don't need to be scared. Maybe I can't. And you know what? Yeah, I will show them. I'll go down the same fucking thing that they're going down. Um, and then you make one of your decisions and, Without fail, whichever decision I make, I kind of regret I didn't make the other one. Right, right. But at least you picked one. You <laughs> at least know? you picked yeah, one, yeah. Yeah. I guess, you know what, though? Now that I'm describing it, I guess I, I, I usually regret the 
I do usually regret the one where I stay behind or I decide not to. Uh, usually, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it depends on the situation. It, totally. Yeah. But you do get better at saying no as you get older. Like yeah. more, you just you're, you're more capable of like that. Critic goes like, "Oh, you little pussy." Yeah. You're gonna say no, yeah. and you're like, "Yeah, I am gonna yeah, say no." Exactly. And it's like, "Oh, yeah." <laughs> do you want to go get a coffee <laughs> right, or a beer or something? Right, you're like, exactly. "Yeah, let's go do that." that sounds great. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So it's almost like 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 learning over time how to almost like mend the relationship with that inner critic, you know, if you want to call it that. Like like you know, kind of talking them down off that that aggressive place they're they're coming at you as a bully, and then you just have a conversation with yourself, your inner critic, and and you realize like, "Hey, we're on the same page here. Why can't we be friends?" You know. Yeah. And that's where I finally I've gotten to a pretty good place heading to this new year. I feel like I'm. I'm friends with myself again. And that's awesome, dude, what man. an amazing feeling. Cause I haven't been nice to myself, friends with myself since, mm. you know, I was, I was a kid, honestly. Mm. So man, it's, it's been an exhausting 15 plus years getting here, but yeah. I'm so grateful. Yeah. That's yeah. That's what, that is what it's kind of all about. Yeah. Is that kind of the main reason? I mean, so like with guy talk, which is your business and community mm -hmm. business through community. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about that more in depth uh, when we kind of do our different segment. Cool. Um, but is that the reason why, because I know a lot of it's focused around suicide prevention and yep. bringing men together. Like what was the reason for setting that up? Was it kind of through your own journey? It was, yeah. yeah. Dude, I tried to align everything in my life to, I, I try to align it with my own experiences. You know, like I don't, I no longer want to do work or create things that like don't align with like what I'm, what I'm actually into. Right. Um, and yeah, male suicide prevention is so near and dear to my heart because I was almost one of the statistics back mm. in early January, 2019. Um, at that point, that was the tail end of my ultra peacock phase. You know, I went through it in college kind of, it was re recovering peacock in my early twenties. <laughs> you know, I was, I was a little more balanced. I was kind of doing my own thing. But then, uh, when I, in 2018, I, I quit my job as a financial planner at that point. And was just like, I'm going to go do my own thing and live this great life. I'd saved up enough money for a year's worth of uh, living expenses and had these big like illusions of grandeur. Of, I'm going to become this ultra successful uh, self-employed guy in 2018. Well, it didn't happen. You know, surprise, surprise. My first business failed. It crashed and burned. But the where I went wrong, because I, I think the, the rite of passage of your first business failing is something that like everybody should go through because it, again, develops grit. But where I went astray on that was I reverted back to my old insecure path of in reality i'm heading down this path where i'm blowing through my money i am very depressed i don't know what the hell i'm doing you know but i had to project mostly on instagram into my friends through text classic that yeah that i was i was living this life i'm going to la for two weeks i'm going to the carolinas for two weeks you know here's my laptop next to a palm tree you know all this oh you stuff. were posting those kind of oh, pictures dude, oh yeah, you're hard oh, i was hard oh, oh you're getting yeah. into it okay yeah. and uh it became this whole facade again, just like I was doing in college. You know, you, when you get uncomfortable, it's e very easy to revert back to what's comfortable to you, even if it's not right. So for me, I was reverting back to that old, you know, I keep calling it the peacock phase. You know, I was, hey, everybody, look at me. Look how awesome my life is. Yeah. I'm working remote while all you suckers are sitting at a desk. Yeah, you know, in yeah. Ohio, I'm out in, in you know, LA, whatever. Oh. Um, oh. And I kept that up. And then when, when I decided to move to Austin in fall of 2018, that was like the ultimate. It was like, man, people, everybody in Ohio was like, oh, I wish I could move to Austin. I'm like, you know what? I can, I am, I'm going to. And so I made the move and I was getting texts all the time from friends saying like, oh, dude, looks like you're killing it down in Austin. Looks like business is great. Looks like you're you know, making all these friends at the gym, all this stuff. That sounds so depressing. Um, dude, Knowing yeah. the undergrad, yes, that exactly. sounds, I'm like picturing you reading that on the couch. Yeah. Oh, and I, I, I was so down. I was living in a 392 square foot studio I was not, I was working West Coast hours at that point and, you know, 
wasn't making any friends for two or three months when I first moved here, made no friends, running out of money. At that point, I was pretty much out of money. Um, it wasn't until like January 1st of 2019 when I actually was like, you know what, I need to stop avoiding this conversation about how much money I do or don't have. And I need to actually get real and get the pen and paper out or the Excel spreadsheet, figure out, you know, where, where is my money right now? And it was, it was a slap in the face. It was like, holy cow, this business was a failure. I need to shut it down. Uh, financially, personally, I was out of cash because I'd blown through all of it way quicker than expected. Uh, around that same week or so, uh, me and the girl I'd, I had met on on Bumble a couple couple months prior, we broke up. She was in Dallas. I don't know why I felt the need to go to Dallas every weekend, but oh, we man. broke up. Um, so I was out of money. Yeah. You know, my business, my first business that I had like you know projected to the world, it was I was crushing it with. Uh, was was done as a failure. Nobody else knew that but me. Uh, went through a breakup, and I hadn't made any friends in Austin, this super awesome social city, you know, that everybody had been talking about. Yeah, and it all those things were like the four big measures of my worth as a man. You know, like, am I popular? Do I have girls? Do I have money? And do I have a successful career or business? All those in my mind were completely stripped away at that point, in January 2019, and it became like this this self destructive cycle mentally, where I'd wake up in the morning and I'd be like you worthless piece of shit, you know, like, like you, you can't seem to keep anything going right in your life. You know, you're worthless. You're, you're a weak man. You know, you, you can't do anything. You don't add any value to anybody's life. And it got to the point where tail end of uh, that January, right before my 28th birthday, I began having suicidal thoughts, not because I wanted to like physically die, but because I was so tired of the the anxiety to depression cycle that I kept going through every single day. I just wanted that to end. Mm. And in my head, the only way I could get that to end at that point was to take my own life. Mm. And so that was like a crazy dark time in my life that I'm just now comfortable like opening up about it. Um, but man, coming out of that low point, and there's a lot of ways I was able to pull myself out of that low point. Mostly step one was just talking about it to my best friend, you know, bawling on the phone to him about it. Um, but coming out of that, man, I knew I was like, it's just not right that, that, I felt like I was alone in the struggle, you know, that my life, a lot of things had gone wrong that month and I felt like I was the only one and I couldn't share that with anybody else for fear of being viewed as weak or a failure or whatever. All these things that us guys are so afraid of feeling. Um, I was like, that's not right. It's kind of bullshit. You know, we need to rewrite the rules a little bit on it and and just kind of create a place where guys can be a little more preventative about these conversations, be a little more proactive about the conversations. And, you know, when things are good, when things are bad, we talk about it and we support each other. We love each other because of it. Um, didn't know what that would look like. Started as an Instagram page. I launched in April, 2019, guytalk.co, evolved into events. And then January of this year turned into an actual community with now we have 150 uh, paid members across the U.S. and we're growing. So it, it's, it's become the exact thing that I needed back in my low point, And I'm trying to create that for other guys. Dude. Amazing. It's crazy how you seems like even with what's scary about that story a little bit to me is that you have a supporting family, like you mentioned, mm -hmm. Yep. and you had a lot of things going for you. And yet you still spiraled into that relatively quickly. It sounds yep. like. Yeah, I mean, it had been a slow burn throughout 2018, just seeing you know my money and things not go well with the business and all you know, mm -hmm. all this stuff. But yeah, I mean, you know, I, I've heard people say a lot of times like like check on your happy friends because you know the people who get so good like I did, you get so good at performing, you know, and I become such a performer in college that it became second nature to when think when I don't feel good or when things get tough, I just project this happy image. You know, Grant's got it all going for him; he's got it all figured out. Oh, you know, like. Yeah. He's, Oh, life's great. You know, I'm smiling. I'm working out. I'm staying fit. 
um, I got so good at covering it up to the point where afterwards talking with my parents, like they were really emotional and hard on themselves about like, we didn't, we had no idea that mm. we wish we would have picked up on this. They were, mm. they were kicking themselves for not picking up on the fact that I was in such a low point. Um, cause they had just visited me for Christmas of, of that, you know, that prior Christmas and I masked it from them. You know, I'd gotten mm. so good at covering it up. And I think so many of us guys have gotten to that point and that's, that's a dangerous place to be. You know, if you're listening to this and you're like, holy shit, like that, that's me. I've gotten really good at, at covering this up, putting this facade up. That's a dangerous place to be because when you do, when things do kind of hit the fan, oftentimes you're going to feel the need to keep that persona up. And the further that, that disconnect becomes, you know, from what you're projecting versus where you really are mentally, man, that, the farther that goes apart, like the unhealthier, the more toxic it gets for you. It can lead to a pretty dark place. Yeah, 100%. That's a great way to describe it. And I think that it now... Well, are you are you faking it right now, dude? <laughs> you know, sometimes I I feel like everyone fakes it to yeah, a certain extent, right? right? right. Yeah, uh, it, it's funny because this year has this past year and a half, whatever, has been so so much like growth for me that I've actually realized that I'm much more of an introvert than I realized. It, and, okay, cool. You know, yeah, and I love I love short little bursts of stuff like this where I can show up, kind of not perform, but like like be energetic, be for on, a yeah, be, be on. on, yeah. But then after this, I'm gonna go home and just be silent, you Dude, know. Yeah, and and I'm looking forward to I look forward to this. I look forward to going home and being silent, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um. So so yes, I am kind of like on performing now because I you know I want to be, yeah. but it's not a disconnect from who I really am. I'm just I'm just kind of flipping on like different parts of my energy, you know. Right. Yeah. And that, that's a fantastic way to put it. Yeah. It's um. It, it can it can. You know, I think a lot of people resonate with what you just said. Do you think that it has like, I mean, do you think that kind of going through that process, um, I would imagine that now you're able to, when you get people that are coming into guide talk and you're getting this community formed, you are able to now connect with people. I've never gone through an experience like that. So when I hear someone like you say that, it's like, I, I, I connect with you on the sense that like, fuck man, I've performed half my life too. Mm -hmm. And like, I've had anxiety and you know, you go into, everyone goes into these depressive thoughts and you, the critic is in your mind all the time. I've never gotten to the point where it's gotten so bad that I wanted to end it through that medium of yeah. ending my life. Yeah. But the rest of it I resonate with, but I'd imagine by getting to that like extremely dark, low point. Now, when people come to you in the community and through that, you're able to, truly truly connect with them on that level that oh, yeah. they're at because you were there and are you able to do that and is it is it kind of is it bad for you or do you ever find yourself like through that you're like accessing it through this back end portal where it's like almost brings it <laughs> yeah. it almost brings it up again yeah. does that ever happen absolutely man so when we first launched uh well i guess the instagram page so it started april 15 2019 is when i decided for the first time to share my story like outside of my small circle you know i actually posted a, a video walk and talk video selfie video of me sharing the fact that you know well, the rest of you guys on Instagram thought I was, you know, doing X, Y, and Z. I was actually depressed and had suicidal thoughts. You know, I, I shared that on Instagram. Oh, shit. It was scary as how to post that, man. On my personal page, but also on the new guytalk.com. Everyone, that you know, all your family and friends that thought you were living it up. Yeah. So I yeah. told, like, you know, my parents, very close circle. Um, but it took me a few months, you know, April from January, end of January to like mid-April like work up the courage to be like all right i'm ready to share this publicly um almost backed out that that afternoon that of evening, course of course yep. luckily i have a really good group of friends here that were like screw you you're posting this thing you know yeah um so i did 
And all of a sudden, I was like, oh, that felt good to put it out there. But then almost immediately, I mean, like that night, I, I got probably 50 to 75 DMs from people, a lot of them just showing support, you know? Yeah. But I probably got 20 to 30 DMs from mostly guys saying, dude, I can't tell you. And, and guys that, you know, from my view, looked like they were doing well and having fun in life and all that stuff. From, uh, they, they would send me these DMs. And I remember sitting that night at my co-working space, just sitting on the couch. I was the last one there. I was like, I was like crying. And I felt like sick to my stomach reading these DMs from guys, like long DMs, a lot of them talking about, you're the, you're the first person I felt comfortable sharing this with. I'm having suicidal thoughts right now, Oof. or I attempted in the past, or I've thought about it in the past. And, you know, that was, it was so much weight getting put back onto me. All of a sudden I was like, whoa, I'm not educated. I'm not trained enough to have these kind of conversations right now. And I realized looking back, like I put so much pressure on myself to be like a therapist or a psychologist or someone to help them. All these guys really wanted, I think, from me was just someone they could talk to, they could open up to out of the gate. And so, when, you know, when I finally like worked up the courage to start responding to guys and just started the dialogue about, hey, man, I feel you. Like, I don't know how to fix this. I don't know how to fix it for myself. But, you know, let's just let's just support each other. Let's just be friends and talk about this stuff. And that's the first step, you know. OK. Cool. Um, so, yeah, man, the 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 you said accessing kind of the portal through the through the back back way like yeah yeah, yeah. it pulled me right back into those dark thoughts reading their, these guys like very vivid explanations of what they're going through was extremely emotionally draining for me because it just pulled me right back to it i hadn't rebuilt myself and gotten strong enough to even confront my own issues at that point because it, it was so fresh still so then to have all these other people sharing theirs with me what it was a challenge um i've now through i guess talking with my therapist about this specific topic about how do i how do I keep some boundaries for myself? You know, mm. he's helped me kind of recognize how to have these conversations with other guys without letting it kind of get absorbed into my own emotions, you know? Sure. Um, but it's hard. A lot of these stories I hear from guys, uh, pretty heart wrenching, gut wrenching stuff, you know, yeah. and I just want to be there for them. Yeah. What do you think is the difference? Cause I know, I mean, guy talk obviously is focused on helping guys foster these types mm -hmm. of relationships within themselves and with other people. What do you think from you now having 150 people in it and, kind of going through it yourself. Um, obviously, neither one of us are females, but what do you think is that difference? Why, why right now in 2021 or 2020, why do guys have more of an issue than girls? And I, th I think it, it comes back to, you know, looking at, uh, like, actually, it's funny because I'm, I'm listening to the audiobook Models by uh, Mark Manson. Dude, um, actually, I don't really like his The Subtle Art book. I thought that was kind of, I'm not a big fan of his writing, yeah, but much, I, yeah. I read that book when I was like 23 or 24. Yeah, yeah. It actually really revolutionized the way I saw uh, female and male interactions yeah, right? in a very positive way. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm only like a quarter of the way through it, but my buddy yeah. Daniel recommended it to me like a week ago. Yeah. Because we ha we're having a similar Models by Mark Manson for yeah. people listening. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, great. Yeah. And girls, I don't know if they would get much out of it, to be honest. Well, but actually, in his intro, he talks about like, if you're a female, like this, this is Oh, that's be true. Helpful. They would understand. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. It helps you understand your counterpart, you know? That's true. Um, But yeah, he, he talked about in there about like, where did this like toxic masculinity, which it's such a buzzword, you know, who really knows what that means, but... I think we all have a general idea of, of where things have gone wrong for us guys, you know, where mm -hmm. we have to project this tough, strong front all the time. Um, but I, you know, looking back historically, it's because historically speaking, you know, society, societal structures, the guy has had to be a lot of times the, the provider, the physical tough guy who goes out, works, hunts, gathers. And then, you know, even, even more recent, it's just been that kind of tough guy mindset that our grandfathers had, you know? Um, and it wasn't, I feel like until our generation where it's like, hey, guys have feelings too. Like we've had them all along, obviously. It's just now it's starting to become more of a conversation. Um, 
obviously without being a female, I don't know firsthand, but my interpretation of what I've seen out there is that girls have been invited to have these conversations much earlier in life where it's, you know, it's kind of part of what you do. You get together and, and you can talk about things, you know, like wine, girls, wine nights, things like that. Guys need more wine nights, you know, where you can get together and just talk about stuff over a drink. You I know, mean, we can have one and if you want. I'm down. We should be, we should have been doing that right now. <laughs> we'll have Corona's in the fridge. <laughs> we should. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a, you know, conditioning type thing where it, it is just now, I feel like starting to become normal yeah. you know, or accepted for guys to just be like, Hey dude, how's it going? Like, how's it really going? Mm-hmm. And, you know, be able to give an open answer. And I love it. I love that mm-hmm. guy talks just playing a very small part in a bigger movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It is a huge movement for sure. And it, um, I think the, the way I look at it too, is like, I think genet- I think there's definitely genetic, a genetic component to it for sure. You know, I see the, the difference between men and women as being that not to be like this, this is the difference, right, you know, right. this but is the only difference. This is the only difference. <laughs> this is it. Mars and Jupiter. <laughs> yeah. But like, I think a big component of it, honestly, but between men and women is that, and I have, I have a lot of female friends and I have a lot of male friends. And I, th- I think the main difference is if you're looking at like to be a good man or a good woman, it comes down to the same things, right? It's like, be good in your community and, and come forward in an honest way. And, and, uh, you know, put your books, your best foot forward and treat people how you want to be treated and all these different things that make up a good human. The main difference that I see is that men have to manage and utilize testosterone. Mm. I think that's our blessing yeah. and curse that yeah. separates us from, from women. women have the whole reproduction thing that they literally foster and give life. That is their whole thing that they need to manage and utilize that energy source. Yep. And I think for men, it, it comes down to testosterone. It's a powerful, it powerful is. hormone. And I have a friend I've had on the podcast before that's trans, was a female, transitioned to a man, and we got into the, as he started taking testosterone, those those differences that happen. Damn. And it's exactly what you would think. Wow. You know, he started to not care as much. He, he loved the people around him, but he didn't care as much about the details of their emotional and relationship <sighs> lives. And- um, he cared a little bit more about getting things done. And obviously he wanted to work out more. Um, the wow. sexuality component changed. That was fascinating to me. And that, and so I think that's the main component. And then when you get testosterone, which is this extremely potent, you know, mm-hmm. hormone that's coursing mm-hmm. through your veins that can lead to aggression. It can lead to, I think a lot of anger that can, that can transmute inside yourself to frustration and depression because you're not getting the yeah. things that you desire yeah. through that testosterone. Um, I think that's where it creates Dang, yeah, a lot I mean, of issues. Really, really thought about it on that level, but yeah, that's spot on. I, I could totally see that. And I think at the out, when you get to the extremes on each side, you have, I don't know if postpartum depression has anything to do with that, but that's like the first thing that came to my mind in terms of like the extreme of like the feminine side that men could never have. And I feel like, um, just on our side, it's like you get those extremes with men because I think we're also more likely due to testosterone more, but the more likely to pull the trigger, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I, yeah. I know that's a lot of what the study says that they, you yeah. probably know more about it than I do, but yeah. that men are just, if women and men can have the same suicidal thoughts and men are more likely to like actually act to on, act we're, on we're it. Nearly four times more likely to actually to act through. on it. Yeah. Isn't and I, crazy? yeah, it is crazy. And I think yeah. a lot of that comes from probably some of it is that there's maybe a deeper guilt from whatever the issues you're yeah. experiencing. And a lot of, 
pressures that we put on ourselves that don't exist in societal structures you know, that are placed on females. Obviously, I can't speak to the pressures. There's so many pressures There's, that females have as we, well. We have different pressures. Yeah, yeah it's different oh, yeah. pressures. Yeah. And so I, many I don't, pressures. I don't know which... Yeah, I think we both deal with different different, different pressures. Right. Different right. pressures. But yeah, the suicide thing that, you know, that's the only thing I can speak somewhat competently towards and knowing that we're four times more likely to actually fall that's through insane. ourselves. Yeah. That's, that's a problem, yeah. you know? We, fin- we, we finished. We finished what we started. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's one way to look at it. Jesus. Yeah. I'm sorry. I went there. I went there. <laughs> it. Uh, it's one of those things that, like, man, like it would be so nice to take a look at the studies and just like see. Okay. The the guys who and actually I saw this on a on a, a video recently on on Instagram where a guy uh, went to take his life, jumped off the the Bay Bridge in San Francisco, and while he was falling through the air he like instantly regretted it oh is that the and one where they they videotape yes for a year everyone yes. jumping yeah. off oh no i didn't see that there's a documentary of someone going down really? there and literally just like recording oh my god all the people that jump off because it's like one or two a day well, that's heavy. if you walked on the bay bridge they have phones every like 100 feet really that you can pick that. up to call for suicide prevention well that's that's good to hear but yeah. no, the, this, but sorry, was, this on. was documenting yeah. like one guy's story he's now like a motivational speaker and he's talking about how he instantly regretted it. Once his body and the momentum carried him over that railing, instantly regretted it. And on the way down, he was just like, I don't want to die. And thank God, like he didn't, you know, he was, he, he hit the water was, was pretty messed up, but, uh, survived. And, and now it would be so cool to see, obviously there's no way to do it, but all the people who took their life, like how many of them instantly regretted it as soon as they started the act, you yeah. know? And yeah. I just wish more people knew that, you know, knew that, there's there's probably going to be instant regret there you know you always have options kind of thing um no matter how dark it is in the moment um like me personally i think i think a lot about from end of january 2019 how life for other people would have been different had i taken my own life Mm. and the 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 biggest one for me was uh what i guess nine or ten months later november of 2019 same year that november my little nephew, 17-month-old little nephew, Brooks, went into a, uh, acute liver failure, like immediately needed a liver transplant, emergency liver transplant to save his life at 17 months old, back up in Ohio. And I flew home from Austin, and within less than a week, I ended up being his donor, his liver tra- living no liver transplant way. donor. I got the scar, you know, right down the middle of my stomach to prove it. And, you know, I was there. I was able to, you know, help save his life. But I, was, but I always think my family cries thinking about, like, if I had taken my life in January – Little Brooks might not have survived that that whole ordeal, Oof. you know, and Oof. and that's something that, that gave like, me chills. Yeah, man, and that's something that I I use that as a way to say, you know, I don't know what is waiting for you in the rest of your life, but something is something big, something good, something positive for yourself or for an impact you're gonna have on somebody else is right around the corner. You just have to keep going, man. Um, you know, this is kind of me on my soapbox. Like I I want to fight so much for every guy out there and, and girl. Who is who is just thinking their life's purpose is non-existent, or that their life, you know, needs to be over? Man, there's there's something coming your way, so just keep going. And what and and that's important. What was when you were at that point? You mentioned that it was talking to a friend that yeah. got you through. Is yeah. that something yeah. that that obviously you can only speak for your experience? But that right, was exactly. Really- I think it looks a little different for everybody. But I I always think one of the best first steps, because you know, it's most accessible, is is finding someone you know, love, and trust that you can. Just have honestly five seconds of courage to just say, you know, when they say, How are you? Or or, you know, most likely you're gonna have to be the one reaching out to them because we all get caught up in our day-to-day life. You know, I know it's easy to feel like nobody cares about you, they're not reaching out to me. Well, we're all just super busy. You know, I'm guilty of it myself. I don't check in with my friends as much as I'd like to. Yeah. But it takes that five seconds of courage to shoot a text that just says, 
hey man, you have some time to talk? Like I'm not doing so well. You know, simple as that. And then that opens the door. As long as someone, again, you know, love and trust, they've got your back, they're going to support you. That's going to open the door to a deeper conversation that you need to be having. Was this friend somebody who knew you were not doing well or was he somebody that was under the, uh, the Dude, grant every, facade. Everybody was under the grant facade. Okay. I mean, like everybody. He was one that, that would understand it best because ironically, his name's also Grant. My, he's my best friend, lives out in San Francisco. And um, and uh, we, were, we were buddies from growing up in Ohio. But he called me out in uh, right out of college. He called me out for like being emotionally volatile. And that was something that I never really, you know, again, it comes back to having people in your life that will call you out on things like that. He called me out. We worked together and, and he straight up told me, he's like, he's like, dude, you know, I've noticed something about you that you're really kind of volatile with your emotions. Like you'll be really up for two weeks and then you'll like crash and be down, like super down and irritable and frustrated for two or three days. And then you swing back and it's just, you know, it was kind of exhausting for everybody involved, including me, you know? And so that awareness helped me to start paying more attention to that. So he always knew there was some, some stuff going on behind the scenes, like mentally, you know, me being able to maybe not control my emotions very well or regulate them. Um, so he was a natural fit for who I called first in my my darkest night. I remember just at home, like the lights were dim. I just finished reading a book called What Made Maddie Run. Uh, it was about a girl who took her own life. And, mm. and that that reading that book helped me realize like, holy cow, I'm days away from seeing the fate that she like I like it kind of chronic like it was like a chronicle of her life leading up to it. She was a beautiful athlete in college and all this stuff. Ended up taking her own life and nobody in her life knew what she was going through because mm. she she, you know, had this performance going. And I was like, holy cow, man, I'm I'm right there. And you know, a few days behind where she was. And so that's when I knew I was bawling reading this book, call my best friend, just, you know, just just kind of unloaded on, just saying whatever I could say to get it off my chest. And there was no no judgment, no you know no uh, no silence on the other other end of the line. Like I was all all these things I was afraid of. You know, like I can't share this stuff because X, Y, and Z. It wasn't there. It was just love and support. And he was. I remember him saying something along the lines of like, like wow, man, that had to have been really hard for you to share. And like, let's rebuild together moving forward. Like this was your low point, and I'm here with you now moving forward. And then that the next day that that gave me the courage to call my parents, cry to them, tell them what I was going through, and just it kind of became a snowball effect. Realizing mm. I had people in my corner, even though I felt so alone and unloved at that point, I did have people in my corner, and they were there to help kind of fight with me and pull me pull me out of that. Whew, man. Yeah, man, Grant the homie. Seriously, damn those grants, man. They're good guys. They're good guys, get get a grant. In your I life. mean, it's yeah, it's not. It's hard to, when when people come at that stuff. It's hard. Um, sometimes it's hard to know what to say. For sure. So good on him for, for sure. For I mean, that's such a that that's such a honorable response. Absolutely. And it's I hard to know what to we're say. We're so wired stuff. to to try to fix things, going, especially guys. We're 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 fixers, dude, man. Uh, dude, you <laughs> have, go have, ask Ashley. Oh no, don't go. No, don't go ask her. <laughs> yeah. You are listening to every single one of our arguments, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. No, one hundred percent. It's one hundred percent the the route that I think. Yeah, maybe as a guy, you are programmed to. uh and, and once again, maybe it's part biology and part nature or part, yeah. you know, nurture like most things are. But yeah, you come to me with a problem and I'll be like, I mean, Ashley will do this all the time. She'll come to me with some emotional issue where it's like, hey, um, you know, I'm just I'm stressed because I have so many things going on with work and with mm -hmm. my family and things like that. And I immediately go like, OK, you should write down all the things that are stressing you yes. out. And then you should write down what's stressing you out about tomorrow. I got to do that. I got to go shopping and do this. Now. Perfect. Write down the to-do list right <laughs> yes, here. Dude. All right. And yep. then as you, as you, as you finish them off, you cross them off. And now that, okay, and, and she writes now and I'm like, okay, perfect. Problem solved. Yep. I'm out of here. Logically I'm, solved. I'm going for a run. And she'll be like, I just wanted you to like hold me for a second. Like right. hug me. And I'm right. like, 
but that doesn't solve the problem. Like, well, I'm confused, you know? It's right, like this, right. Yeah. We're wired to fix. Yeah. And so yeah. to your point about like, you know, his response was amazing because he wasn't like, okay, here's what you need to do. You know, it was, wow, like that must've been really tough. Like I'm here with you. And he didn't know what it looked like to, to move forward together and through this journey, you know, but it felt like all of a sudden I had him standing to my right side, mm. right there beside me. Mm. All of a sudden, mm. I'm not alone anymore. You know, he's got his, he's next to me. He's got his arm around me, and he's like, "Dude, I don't know what we're gonna do here, but we're gonna do it together." And that was like the most powerful thing. So, if somebody ever comes to you with like that kind of low point, you don't need to try to fix it out of the gate. You know, that that'll come later because there's so many paths you can take to to you know kind of pull yourself out of that. But mm-hmm. my gosh, man, just like be there. You know, show up, hear them, see them, put your arm around them, hug them, whatever. Just be there for them. Yeah. Mm, yeah, man. And that, that is, that's the most powerful way to do it. And it's just, it's not the initial reaction. Um, awesome, man. Well, tell us a little bit about, um, about guy talk. Um, we'll do a separate thing about, um, uh, the specifics of the business, but just tell people where they, where they can reach guy talk and kind of a little bit where about it and stuff. Yes, yeah, for sure. So yeah. our, our most active, uh, place you can find us is on Instagram at guytalk.co. That's also our URL website, is guytalk.co. Um, yeah, so we're we're basically just trying to create community for guys. You know, yeah. we're trying to it's it's really hard for adult guys to make friends. I think we all know it, especially genuine friends who support you and, and build you up. Um, and so that's what we're trying to do through our page, uh, through our online community, through our in-person events post-COVID, once we can get back to those. Yeah. Um, so yeah, hit us up on on uh, Instagram. We've got my boy Simone. Uh, he's a pro hockey player over in Japan. He he's a member, one of my one of my closest buddies. He runs our Instagram page. So you'll hear back back from him quickly if you DM us. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I think I think that's really cool because it's like I think I saw your site and it was like um did you have that on there? It was like, you know, more than just happy hours or something like that. Yeah. There's some, yeah, co- got, there's, yeah, there's good copy on there. Yeah. Like, well, I wrote it all. I appreciate nice, that. Nice. Yeah. It's the nice, again, back to like only pursuing pursuits that align with my life, like writing the copy for the guy talk website and everything else we do is so natural. Cause I'm like, okay, like how was I feeling in that low point when I really needed community, which today I still need community. So it just, right. I'm just writing to myself, you know, what would I want to read and, and what would I want to be a part of? And you know, we're building it. Yeah. There's really no rules. I haven't really found any other communities like this to use as a model. You know, I I find bits and pieces elsewhere, but that's kind of the cool thing about what we're building is, you know, our members come to us with ideas all the time of, can we do this? Can we do that? And the answer is like, yeah, help me find a way to to pull it off. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. And it is cool. I think one of the things you said on there was like, you said like guys that are like actually have your back or something like that. It's just like, you're, you're fostering something that is a legit community. Yep. You know, instead of like, hey, you know, join a Facebook group of 3,000 people right. in it. Right, exactly. You know? Yeah, it's, it's become something where we we know each other. We know like of the nuances of our lives and everything. That's that's why we only let in, right now, we only let in 25 new members at a time. Yeah. Usually it's spaced several months apart when we do those waves. Yeah. Because we want to get to know these guys, yeah. you know, and actually hear your story. So, yeah. And it's, and, and it's not all guys who are struggling with depression or anxiety or suicidal thoughts. It's, there are certainly guys who can relate to that there are guys who struggle with alcohol there are guys who just struggle with not really having a good support support group anywhere in their life you know and they don't have any quote-unquote like big problems you know but they they just want someone there that they can they know they can count on yeah Uh, so there's a whole mix of guys and that's that's what i love about it yeah it's awesome man well cool grant well dude thanks so much for coming on man bro what what i don't even know what that is that's a bro what would you call it dap oh yeah, I, I never know what like how to describe the, the things. But slap, bro, slap the slap then clench. Yeah, I slap guess then clench, the slap yes. the slench <laughs> the slench yeah, the slench yeah slench. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, seriously, appreciate you coming on. Um, appreciate being here, man. It's been awesome, and uh, yeah, 
Thanks for sharing everything, man. Absolutely, man. See you soon. Hey, hey, thanks so much for listening uh, to Grant. Yeah, you can find him at guytalk.co on Instagram, and then guytalk.co is actually the website as well. Um, So if you're a guy, I would check it out. If you're a lady, get the guys in your life to go check it out. Um, and you know, follow Grant and all that good stuff. Cause, um, yeah, they're, they're doing really cool stuff. If you're ever out in Austin, you know, they host a lot of events. So, um, you can come meet up with all of us and, uh, and hang out. So, uh, hope you enjoyed it. And yeah, once again, if you want to go to alexstar.com slash book, I will have signed copies there. You can enter in your info and eight bucks with free shipping and handling and I will send it out to you, and then you can enjoy it, and then I would love to hear about it. So, all right, guys, hope you're having a good week, and uh, see you soon.